Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me um, and asking me, Jenny. Appreciate really being here. This is a very special meeting and a special group of people in OA. Uh, those of us that can relate to um, relapse and recovery. And uh, I want to just start out by saying um, I am a compulsive overeater, a grateful compulsive overeater today. And I haven't always been able to say that. Um, I think for years uh, after I knew about OA, I really just distanced myself from it because I just did not want to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, what a terrible group to be a part of, right? That sounds horrible. You couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> but boy, did I need it. Uh, I needed it when... Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I needed it. I found it when I was in college, when I was 18. And that was when they had the gray sheet. And I grabbed that gray sheet and went on the gray sheet diet for about uh, four months and lost a ton of weight and um, was, you know, kind of strutting my stuff thinking I did this, I did this. And, but I, I don't remember anything about hearing about getting a sponsor working the steps, I would just go to the meetings like it was a diet club and, you know, talk about my weight loss and what I was doing and how I was following that gray sheet to the T. Um, and then when I went off for my summer after, uh, after that four months of finding OA, uh, I pretty much immediately began to pick up and eat everything that I deprived myself of for four months. And I'm not kidding, guys. I, I think I put on about 25 pounds in six weeks. I packed it on. And when I went back to school, my friends were kind of horrified. They were like, what happened to you? And I was so in my ego. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and I and I just my conclusion was OA doesn't work. Right. <laughs> so off I went for 30 more years of uh, self-discovery, trying to figure out how basically kind of like what I think is in the brain of almost every compulsive overeater I know, you know, how do I get to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it and, and not gain any weight and, and really like who I am, you know, how can I be like a skinny person that doesn't have an eating disorder basically. And I remember being with a friend who would eat a piece of chocolate cake and go, God, that was so good. I'm going to have another one. And I was like, how can you do that? You know, and I, I just battled with it my whole life. It's been my biggest issue. And I did a lot of research and have a lot of self-knowledge that has, as the book tells us, availed me nothing when it comes to battling this disease. So I was, uh, I found a way again in 2009, uh, when I was 49, um, I was so ready for it. I was so addicted to sugar. I had literally pushed everybody that I loved and cared about out of my life because I was so angry and so shut down and so resentful and could not, had no tools of taking care of myself. I took care of everybody else out there in the world and then went home to Ben and Jerry at night who were my pals and understood. And, um, yeah, I was pretty miserable. And um, I, uh, I just latched onto OA at my first meeting. And um, I remember a friend, um, she was a friend that I knew from a, a, 
a youth group that our kids were involved in and she was the leader of it and she was thin and happy and had a light and we went to the bowling alley with the kids once as sort of a kind of a an outing and um everybody was having pizza and she ordered a salad and I'm like how can you eat a salad when there's pizza and she's like well I'm an overeater and I can't handle pizza and I uh you know, I, I, I do OA and that's what I need to do for me. And I was like, oh, and, and there was the second little, little bing of OA. And, um, you know, I, she sent me the, the daily readers. She was so sweet. She never pushed or anything, but she just sent me these books and I would read the books. And I thought, I'm, I still, I do not want to be a part of that club, you know? even though I knew that she had what I wanted and, and I, I was miserable. And this was after I already gotten divorced and pushed my husband out and things were pretty bad. And um, one Saturday, one time, one day I called her and I actually said, this was a, a program call without even knowing I was making one. I said, God, if I could just do anything, just not walk across the street and get those two bags of peanut M&Ms to get me through the rest of the afternoon with my coffee here at work. And she said, well, you know, um, I'm sharing at this meeting on Saturday. Maybe you'd like to come and support me. And that was exactly the hook that I needed because if she'd said, I think you should come to OA. It sounds like you need it. I would have said, no, 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 no. But I could come and support her. And I came to that first meeting and I just, I just heard what I needed to hear. I I cried, I, I wanted what these women had. They all had struggles with food like me and they were talking about their feelings and how to take care of themselves. And I didn't know how to do that. I, I was so in my shame. And then I went off and um, just, you know, jumped in like any kind of diehard addict would and, and anything that feels good, I want more of. So I just started going to a lot of meetings I got a sponsor right away. I called the woman at the newcomer meeting that I, that I talked to after the meeting. And I called her that afternoon and said, what do I eat? I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this. And I felt really blessed with an easy surrender. And I took it for granted for a long time. And for about eight or 10 years, I, I did everything. I loved OA. I started meetings. I secretaried meetings. I I did a lot of service. We did a lot of events uh, back in Marin, uh, where I where I lived at the time. And um, yeah, I uh, and then I started praying to my higher power. I wow, I'm okay. Life is good. I'm going to a lot of meetings. I'm sitting here with my four cats alone after my divorce in the house. I raised my kids. My kids are gone. What now? And I felt like I was maybe ready to go and start dating again at uh, 57. And so I met this man at a health conference and I fell madly in love. And he was um, from Idaho, long distance relationship we had for a year and a half. And slowly and cunningly and bafflingly, I started drifting away from my 12 step recovery because he was a normie. And I still had that seed in my head, like, I don't want to be a compulsive overeater. I don't want to even talk about this. I, I know what to do. I can be abstinent. I know what my food plan is. It's been the same for many years. I'm okay. I, I don't need, um, you know, I don't need to be at a meeting every day. Maybe I'll start a meeting, you know, uh, down the road somewhere. But I, 
ended up moving to Idaho for this guy. And uh, when I got back into the rooms, finally, three years later, somebody said to me, wow, sounds like you kind of made your, your partner, your higher power. And I was like, I totally did. You know, my addiction popped up in a whole other area that I had no idea that I even needed this help in, which was I was willing to toss my precious OA recovery and abstinence out the window for another person. And I didn't consciously make that decision, but this disease is so subtle and cunning and powerful and baffling that within about four months of being with him, I was making all kinds of shortcuts on my food plan. And I was, you know, um, well, we're, we're, we're going on a lot of vacations. We're, we're being spontaneous. I never know when I can eat. I'm just going to, you know, grab these health food, uh, granola bars, uh, protein bars, and, you know, buy about eight of them and stash them all over the place. And then I'll just eat them when I'm hungry. And, uh, you know, um, oh, we're watching a lot of movies on the couch. Well, how, how horrible can a bag of skinny pop be, you know, like, <laughs> you know, or, or a handful of salted roasted nuts that I love. And, you know, eventually I just circling the bowl, my friends, there I was again, you know, miserable. And then of course, putting weight back on, hating my body again pushing my partner away because I was so disgusted with my body and the food became more important than him. And I was under a lot of stress. I was living in a household with him and his teenage son and his teenage son's friends were there all the time. And there was, it was snack city. And I was finding myself, you know, doing things like going down to the kitchen at night and having a just a wee bowl of granola with some almond milk, right? A little cup full of granola, you know? And after about uh, three of those in a row playing the cereal and milk game where, you know, you run out of cereal, so you have to add more milk and then you've still got milk. So you have to add a little more cereal and, you know, there we go. And after about three bowls of that, you know, I'd go upstairs and um, something was kind of tapping me on the shoulder, like you're in relapse. <laughs> I was... I just didn't want to hear it, you know, and um, a long time ago, I heard whatever you put before your recovery will be lost. And sure enough, that's what happened to me again. I put, uh, I put this person, this relationship, my move away from my home group. There were no OA meetings in, uh, in Idaho at that time. And I wasn't willing to start one. I barely made a couple of other 12-step meetings and of course distanced myself because I couldn't relate to anybody there. Um, and all the character defects started just rolling back in uh, as though I'd rolled out the welcome mat for them. So it was pretty painful, the spiral down. And uh, once again, food was my only friend. Um, thank God I had made enough connections in this program uh, 10 years back over those 10 years and I had kept in touch with a couple of people that knew me very well. One of them was my first sponsor in a way. And, um, you know, I talked to her about my dilemma and all my, but I, I didn't really talk to her about recovery. You know, I just talked to her about how stressed out I was and how the relationship wasn't working and la, 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 la. And she listened, you know, she was there. 
And when we finally broke up and I, I thought, okay, this is ending. My dream has come to an end. I'm, I'm Maya, happy. you have five minutes. Sorry, Thank I didn't you. give you the first warning. Thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I packed my bags and I, um, I moved out. I moved to Oregon and um, I thought, well, this is good. As I'm driving you know, here, I'm thinking as I'm eating another bag of Skinny Pop in the car, I'll be able to get abstinent now because I'm I'm on I'm on my own and that was my problem. I can't really eat around people that are normies and live with them. I'm going to be fine. And I couldn't get abstinent. I could not get abstinent as much as I wanted to. And about a month went by and I was really starting to worry and I didn't know what I was doing here. I was grieving. And that friend that that first sponsor reached back out to me and just sent me an innocent little picture of her new kitty and we started going back and forth because I was going to get some kitties too this was in the middle of COVID by the way I still don't have very many connections here um and she happened to say on that phone call I have 108 days of solid beautiful clean squeaky clean abstinence for the first time in over 12 years uh and I am I'm so blissed out. I can, I'm so grateful. And I just, that's all I needed to hear. I trusted her. I said, you know, what are you doing? What do I, what are you doing? Where are you getting this recovery? I, I need to be there. And she told me about a meeting in the morning I, at 7 a.m. And I was like, oh my God, you know, that that's just not going to work for me. Is there another one? She goes, nope. That's the meeting I go to that I got abstinent in. I was like, damn. So I started being willing to show up for that meeting where there was some really good recovery and people that were working the steps and working the program and reading the literature. And I became willing to start my day with OA, even though it was really damn early in the morning. And, um, you know, that was about 10 months ago. And I'm happy to say that I, I had you know, the gift of recovery from my, my, uh, my higher power again, just by being willing to see how far down I, I would continue to go if I didn't put the brakes on. And one of the things I've been thinking about of really needing to share and wanting to share is that God does lift this obsession for me um, with the food and the weight, but that does not happen magically. I have to show up and absolutely be willing to do whatever it takes to not pick up that first compulsive bite. When I do that, God says, okay, I'm here when you're ready, but you've got to show up and walk this walk with me. You know, my higher power has its um, handout to me, so to speak. Um, even though I don't really think my higher power has hands, but uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's waiting to be of service and help me and, and give me miracles and grant me um, peace and surrender with food and more than I could imagine. But I, um, I have to do the part that I have to do. You know, I have to show up and be willing. And I, I realize all the time that I wanted to be abstinent, that I tried to be abstinent on my own, that I prayed to God to help me stop eating. Um, there wasn't enough action on my part to warrant any kind of surrender or, or um, really grabbing onto that lifeline again and holding on to it 
and letting myself be pulled back into the lifeboat of OA. So I, um, I have found, you know, with this new abstinence that I have, that the road has gotten narrower from my first abstinence that I had. Um, I cannot eat snacks anymore like I used to. Uh, you know, rice cakes used to be a friendly friend of mine. And when I found myself um, going through half of a bag in the car at record speed, stuffing them in my mouth um, because I was so anxious and didn't want to feel my feelings, um, that was compulsive eating, even though that used to be a really good abstinent food for me in the first time around. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, nuts make me nuts. I mean, you know, there's so many one other things. One more minute. One, one more minute. minute. Did you say one more? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I am, I'm grateful to be back in the rooms. I'm so, um, I, I have a new found um, compassion, empathy, and understanding for those of us that have, uh, you know, gone back to the food and, and lost our abstinence. And I know the shame firsthand, and I know how difficult it is, but I heard something in those beginning readings that if I just keep coming back anyway, if we all just keep coming back anyway and show our higher power that we are willing uh, and show ourselves that we're willing to um, open ourselves up to hearing what might actually change our course and get us back onto the road of abstinence one day at a time. Um, maybe a brand new abstinence that we didn't think we could do before, you know, um, then that's, that's what it takes. And um, staying away from the rooms was, was the worst thing I could have done. And since then I have hundreds of new friends now back, you know, that understand who I am, that know that uh, it's really okay to be a compulsive overeater in recovery. It's actually the best part of my life today, believe it or not. Um, and some days I don't have a lot of other things going on for me. But boy, when I put my head down at night and I know that I've eaten abstinently and um, done service, showed up, um, talked to sponsees and newcomers, reached out to sponsors and other fellows and been on my meeting. I'm still on that morning meeting every morning, no matter what. It's part of my abstinence program. So I just um, am, am so beyond grateful. And, uh, you know, I continue to learn a lot and I don't think that uh, I don't take for granted that I'll have another chance at recovery. So um, for today, I'm, I'm staying right where I am and um, working my program like my life depends on it. So I hope you heard something that worked. If it, if you didn't keep coming back anyway, somebody's going to tell your story at some point. And um, yeah, I'm uh, so happy to be able to share with you guys. Thanks.